Okay. Quite seven o'clock, so I'm just gonna wait. Now it's seven o'clock. Okay, so I wanted to just begin with reviewing two points from last night, two very important points that we did last night. So one point was the idea, one point was the idea that when we talk about having faith in Hashem, we don't mean to say that we have to have faith that what we perceive to be the good outcome is going to be the outcome that occurs. That's not what we're dealing with. It could be that what we think of as the good outcome won't be what happens, but we have faith that whatever happens to us, it is happening because God has determined that that should happen to us. So that's an important point to remember. That we talk about having faith, it doesn't mean that you have to believe that what you perceive to be the good outcome is gonna happen. That's not necessarily what actually has to happen. Number two, and this to me is almost even more important, is in terms of remembering that it's not a binary choice. It's not, do you have faith in God or do you not have faith in God? It is everybody has faith in God to some extent or other, as long as you believe in God. And then the question is, what level of faith do you have? And we're all working. We're all trying to elevate ourselves, trying to get to higher levels in faith, of faith in Hashem and God. I was speaking to my sister today who lives on the East Coast in um, Stony Brook, Long Island, and she is a psychologist, but she's also a rabbi. Her husband is a rabbi. And she actually gave a, a class today for some, some of her uh, constituents and students discussing these ideas, the idea of how one works to build their faith. So one point that she said she's discovered in her practice that is incredibly potent in terms of helping to build faith is instead of focusing on negativity and instead of focusing on things that are causing us to become anxious, all of the things that we're reading in the news and all the things that we're getting on WhatsApp and all the jokes that people are sharing on WhatsApp, that they're jokes with a, but subliminally, they still bother us. They still get us a little bit nervous. Instead of focusing on that to make themselves a, a gratitude journal. And a gratitude journal means to actually think to yourself, what do I have to be grateful for today? And it could be a very small thing. My kids only fought for two hours straight today instead of four hours straight like yesterday. That's something that I'm grateful for. And when you think in those terms, instead of thinking of focusing on the bad things that might happen to you, you're focusing on good things that are happening to you right now. That is one way to help build this faith in Hashem. Okay, so let's continue back to Imuno Bitachon. Part of this trait of trust is to be staunch in one's faith, even when one contemplates the possibility of suffering. Still, one's heart maintains its awareness that this is not a chance misfortune. For there are no chance occurrences in the world at all. Everything is, is from him, blessed be he. This is a very important point that is going to be emphasized again and again and again, which is that nothing happens by chance. There is something called divine providence. And that means that when things occur to us, they occur to us because this is the will of God. It doesn't mean that we understand why. It doesn't mean we will get to understand why until, until uh, the next world. But it doesn't happen by chance. And now he brings a very famous story. As Lulianus and Papos said. So the story of Lulianus and Papos is like this. There, Gemara brings this down. Talmud brings this down in Tinus 18b. There was a Roman girl who was found dead. And the governor, or the, whoever was in charge of the Jewish uh, community at that point, his name was Trajan. So he basically said, I'm going to kill the entire Jewish nation because there's this Roman girl that's been found dead unless we find the killers. So Lulianus and Papas come and they say, oh, we killed her. It wasn't true at all, but they were giving themselves up as martyrs to save the entire Jewish people. So this ruler, Trajan, is about to kill them. 
and he mocks them. He calls upon the God of Hananiah, Mishal, and Azariah. Hananiah, Mishal, and Azariah, who refused to bow down to idols and were thrown into a burning furnace and emerged miraculously and were saved, even though by, by the regular laws of nature, they should have died. And he says, well, why didn't you call upon the same God who saved these other martyrs who were supposed to be killed and the God saved them? Why didn't you call upon him? So their answer was a very interesting answer. They said to him, we are deserving of death because of our personal sins. And if you do not kill us, the Almighty has many killers in the world who can kill us instead. All this is part of the trait of trust in Hashem. Now, the question is, Lulianus and Papas, they actually volunteered themselves to save the Jewish people. And what he was telling them is, you might end up dying. And you might end up dying, unlike Hananiah, Mishal, and Azariah who were saved. You might end up dying. You might, I, might actually be successful in killing you. And they say, well, we deserve to die anyways. These are people who are willing to sacrifice themselves to save the Jewish people. And yet still they said, we, we deserve to die anyways. What that means is they're recognizing that nothing happens without a reason. The fact that they were put into this position to volunteer to save the entire Jewish people happened for a reason. And they decided to, save, to sacrifice themselves to save everyone else. But through doing so, the fact that God ends up letting them die, that is happening because this is the will of God. In addition, the efforts to counter the danger that people by nature make are modified in the case of one who trusts. Instead of courting wealthy and influential people and searching for useless strategies, he who trusts in God will examine his deeds and turn his heart to repentance, prayer, and charity in order to remove the evil decree from himself. Right? So here's a very important point that he's saying. He's saying, to the extent that we believe that we, our lives are at risk, our lives are in danger. We're gonna try to do whatever we can. We're gonna try to find the best possible doctor. We're gonna try to find if there's some sort of threat that if we don't come up with a certain amount of money, then we're gonna go ask the, the wealthiest people to help us out and try to avert that decree. But if you really understand that everything is really coming from God, you do that as well. You do try to figure out how to take yourself out of this, uh, out of this predicament. But you also, if you realize that God is running the world, then you also ask yourself, what can I do to make myself more worthy of the, of the grace of a God? And to, to figure out what am I doing wrong that I can change. And when I change, then I will no longer deserve this evil decree in the first place. In other words, the evil decree of someone getting sick, they got sick, but now they can, they can do their best to find the best possible doctor. But then they also should be davening to Hashem and praying to God and trying to figure out what they can do to change their behavior that will make them no longer deserving of having this evil decree. Now, as it happens, when it comes to something like coronavirus, it doesn't make any difference. The doctors don't even have any real way to help for this, right? So even from the beginning, before anything happens, and God forbid it should happen to anyone, but what we should be thinking to ourselves is, what's the message? What should we do now? And the answer is, everybody has to figure out on their own what they can do to help bring themselves to a better place with God and use this as an opportunity instead of just being on WhatsApp and instead of you know, screaming at your kids or screaming at your spouse because you're locked up together in a small space, instead of doing that, to think of what they could do to make themselves a better, play, a better person so that we come out of this having used this as an opportunity to springboard ourselves to becoming better people. Now, now he actually starts getting into what's the difference between faith and trust? So that's actually the, the title of the book is Faith and Trust. These Hebrew words, emuna and bitachon. Emuna is first used by Abraham Avinu in, in Bereshis. And bitachon is used at the end of Devarim, right at the end of uh, Deuteronomy. We use the word bitachon talking about people who trust in their towers to protect them from the enemy. And they will see that 
Nothing can protect you from the enemy if that is God's will. So now he's going to describe what exactly is the difference between faith and trust. So we use those words somewhat interchangeably in English. So what's the difference, though, in Hebrew? Just that faith is the general approach of the believing person, and trust is the person's approach to himself, with faith being the theory and trust being the practice. So he's explaining like this. The idea of emunah means an abstract idea that I believe on some level that God runs the entire world. It's very easy for someone to say that when everything is going very well. Right? Someone just had a great business deal and made a couple of million dollars. He says, I believe that God runs the world. And this came from God. Right? That's very easy to say. And it's very easy to say before you're faced with a difficult scenario. Trust means not just when everything is going well and not just in the abstract before anything bad happens, but when you're actually facing a difficult circumstance to say, I understand that this is coming from God. And when I understand this is coming from God, that really relieves me of a lot of anxiety. And it relieves me of thinking to myself, if I would have only done this, if I would have only done that, things would have been different. It's not true. It's not true. If this is what's meant to happen, this is what's going to happen. Now, it's easy to trust at times when the need to trust does not play an important part in one's life. But it is much more difficult to have trust at times when it is indeed called for. It is easy to speak of trust when it is just in theory and not in practice. But at times like that, a person is just enjoying beautiful dreams. And as time goes on, he fools himself and others into thinking that he indeed possesses greater trust in God than his peers, when the reality is that he's using this attribute to make his dreams of an unknown future more pleasant. Right? So really what he's doing is, I have faith in God that I'm going to win the lottery. I have faith in God that I'm going to, you're really not, you don't really have faith in God. You don't really believe that everything that happens is from God. You're kind of trying to convince yourself that perhaps that's why you're going to win the lottery, because you believe in God. The real test that can decide whether a person really believes in what he is saying, whether he really does place his trust in Hashem or has just trained himself to speak of that trust all the time without it being an actual part of him, is when he meets up with a situation that demands that he indeed place his trust in Hashem. At such a time, the role of trust is to guide his actions, heal and soothe him. Does he turn to the trait of trust and actually trust in God? Or does he, particularly at this time, not make use of it? turning instead to unreliable mortal allies or to useless and ignoble strategies. So when I think of this, I think of people saying, we don't know how long this is going to go on for. And indeed, we don't know how long it's going to go on for. But the strategy to deal with it is not to hoard every single item that you need in your house and that everybody else needs too. And to make sure that when you go to the store early in the morning and you get every single one of the toilet papers on the shelf, that's not the strategy. That's not going to get us through this. But the strategy should be to have faith in Hashem and to do reasonable hishtadlis, reasonable levels of effort, while also ensuring that we're still thinking of the people around us and, and making it our strong emphasis to think of the people around us. As I said in a previous class, that one of the most potent ways to relieve ourselves of anxiety is to actually turn outward and think of how to help others get away from anxiety. And that itself can actually give meaning and purpose to our lives and help us get through this difficult time in one piece, God willing. Take care and good night.